This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. We have focused on the conditions for answered prayer. Uh, Two specifically, we're going to look at a third tonight. First, God expects us to pray persistently. All right? Persistently. I see what Marilyn's doing. She's helping me look good by putting up previous slides. I just need to preach and mind my own business. Okay. So I will do that. All right. Praying persistently. Have you ever asked the Lord the same request over and over? Is that biblical or is it unbiblical? It's it's biblical. Okay. Importunity is a good word to understand from a biblical perspective. Now, we're not begging God trying to convince him to do it our way. We always need to pray according to his will, but we pray uh, to the Father uh, not in hopes of pressuring him, but of reassuring ourselves that he has already heard and he is able to answer. That's why we do what we do. And so, uh, you know, thinking uh, even tonight, Sean Bradley here, how many times over and over, Brother Sean, did we pray for you? Uh, Not because God didn't hear us the first time, but we are encouraging ourselves. And as your situation was changing, uh, we understand God says pray persistently. Uh, As God continues to build this church, his church, We really need to get our minds around that because if God allows us to build the space that we need, we're going to be asking you to pray and to ask God to do some great and mighty things. So we pray persistently. And then secondly, he wants us to pray unanimously, pray in agreement. We saw this last time, the significance of our praying unanimously is not that two or three believers agree on a need or petition. Now we should, again, the Lord working in our hearts and uh, and you and I following his word, but the main point is that believers together, two or three or more, even an assembly like this, when they pray, Christ is present, and in that setting, he makes their requests his own. Now again, it's not that we ask for anything and God says, wow, that was good. I wish I'd thought of that. That's silly, right? Nothing has ever occurred to God. But when we pray according to his will, then he makes our requests his own. Again, I think back to Elijah who prayed that God would stop the rain in Israel. We're not told that God told Elijah to pray that. Elijah prayed it. Was it in God's will? Yes. But here's the point. Elijah prayed it and God agreed. And it got really dry in Israel. Okay, so if our... Asking is going to result in receiving. Those two aspects are important. 
But there's another precept, a condition that must be exercised, and I hope this will strengthen our faith and encourage us tonight. God expects us to, his children to pray in faith believing. All right, so that's our third precept. The admonition and accompanying promise are clear. Matthew 21, 22. And all things. How many things? How many things? Really? Did God really say that? Sure did. All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing. Ye shall receive. Human fathers are hesitant to make such a, a claim to their children. But if your dad came to you and he said it with that much assurance, you'd, you'd want to believe him. But your heavenly father has come to you with that assurance. We better believe him. Okay. Now, the basics of this believing. We need to understand, and I'm not qualifying what the Lord said. Uh, I want to encourage you with what he meant. Okay. And so the admonition... Matthew 21, 22 involves these basics. Here's an example. Just as an airplane cannot soar without a pilot understanding God's natural law. So prayer also cannot take flight unless the petitioner understands God's spiritual law. And here it is, two words, pray believing. Prayer should not be, well, let's try this, and then if it doesn't work, I've got some backup plans. Sometimes Christians, that's the way they treat prayer. Well, I asked, and, well, I guess I better go with plan B. No. Pray believing. Here's the explanation of the word. This is from Vine. Believe means to be persuaded of, to put confidence in. Reminds me of the little girl. Uh, again, they were living in an area where there was drought, and her dad was a farmer, and dad said, Honey, come here. We're going to pray and ask God for rain. And so they prayed. Dad prayed earnestly, and they got to leave the house, and the little girl said, Daddy, aren't you forgetting something? Turn and said, What do you mean? Well, you need to take your umbrella. Okay, you ask God, uh, be persuaded, have confidence the word believe, you can see the noun form, the verb form. 244 times in the New Testament, the noun is used, and it's translated correctly, faith. The verb, 248 times. That's a lot of times. 239 times it's translated believe. Faith believing. So here's the application. Believing is the opposite of denial. Now, that's, that's so obvious. But the denial is why we sometimes don't pray. Denial is, is as if the issue were not true or real. Okay? Sometimes we don't pray because, well, I don't, we might even feel prompted to pray, but you know, is, is this really even a, an issue? Well, God says we're to pray about everything. 
Okay? So is it really an issue? And our flesh can convince us, notice the next statement, God doesn't see this as an issue. This isn't important to God. It's not, it's not really an issue. Now, what I am not saying is that uh, God can't handle this issue. Don't, I don't want to create confusion here. Uh, is anything really an issue to God? From the standpoint, it's, it's too hard, it's too big. No, no, okay. Uh, we could say this, God really doesn't have any issues as providence. But not, that's not what we're saying. Sometimes we hesitate to pray about something because, well, you know, if, it, if this happens, if this happens, it's, it's not really an issue. And yet, in everything, we're to go to the Lord, we're to pray. So, denial, but then there's this matter of doubt. As if the issue were doubtful. It is an issue, but here's sometimes how we think. God doesn't care that this is my issue. God's got bigger things to think about than my issue. That's doubt. Believing is the opposite of those. And again, to doubt is to handle a request as if failure to receive is possible. For instance, 1 Timothy 2.8, we're to pray everywhere without wrath and doubting. Notice everywhere. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. That's about everything then, lifting up holy hands, a reminder, our hearts have to be clean if we're going to be heard, but do it without wrath and doubting. James 1.6, if any of you lack wisdom, okay, ask of God in faith, nothing wavering. Why? Because he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven uh, with the wind and tossed. All right, so here's your next blank. To believe is to exercise faith. To exercise faith and to handle a request as if the receiving is certain. So I go to the Lord and I pray, but I am already expecting because I'm Yielded to the Holy Spirit, my mind is focused on his word. I've got a clean heart, holy hands. Okay? And so I'm going to the Lord, and I'm praying with the assurance that God is going to answer this prayer. And I'm not going to let my flesh bring all kinds of qualifiers into this equation. I'll, I'll just be real, real blunt with you. I don't know how many times I've heard Christians say, well, you know, God answers prayer. Yes, no, maybe, or, or wait. Like, I can pray, and I, 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 I don't know what he's going to do, but I did the right thing. I prayed. No. No. Pray expecting. Pray believing. I like this quote, Evangelist John Van Gelderen. By the way, they're going to be with us be our next uh, evangelist. But here's, here's an important uh, thing that he said that I've never forgotten. He was preaching out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. According to Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the inner, I love this word, conviction of the reality of unseen truth. 
Faith is the inner conviction of the reality of unseen truth. When you pray, are you convicted? <laughs> God's going to answer. He, he's just going to answer. I love what Hebrews teaches us about faith. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Just extract two words there and think about this. Faith is substance and evidence, yet not seen. Substance. There's the evidence. I haven't seen it, but I'm trusting what God has said, so when I pray, done. Not because I'm anything special, but my God is almighty. He has committed himself, and my God can't fail. So I'm going to ask. And I know he's going to answer. All right. So there are some boundaries to believing. So we have to be careful. What are the boundaries of believing? Well, first, we need to believe without ambition or lust. If I ask the Lord, I need to make sure I'm very aware of why I'm asking and what my motives are. Again, James 4, 3. Why does the Lord not answer? Ye ask and receive not because. Because ye ask amiss. What does that word mean? Wrong motives. Ye ask with wrong motives that ye may consume it upon your lust, your sinful pleasures. All right, those carnal passions. God sees your heart. Now, there was a time in my life when I was praying very earnestly uh, for a request. And the verse I claimed was in John. Actually, there are two passages in John. But the essence of those passages are uh, pray so that the Lord will be glorified. And then the Lord says this. Jesus said this to his disciples. And so that your joy may be full. Well, that's God wants his children to be joyful. If I'm praying for something that I know will bring him glory, but it will make me happy too, that's okay. That joy is not sinful. Say, what were you praying for? I was praying the Lord would give me Renee Sanders for my wife. And I had some long talks with God about that. Now, you've called me to preach. She can play the piano. She can sing. And she makes me happy, too. Okay, so. And God answered. Miraculously, that's another story for another time. All right. And now I pray, Lord... Help her joy to be full and to stick around. And, uh, but no. no, no problems there. Okay. Do we have any examples in the scripture of asking for the wrong reason and asking for the right reason? Well, here's a negative example, Matthew 20, 21. Imagine this. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, their mother comes to Jesus And she says this. Jesus says, what wilt thou that I would do? She says unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the, on the left, in thy kingdom. Wow. Okay, now that would be 
wrong motive. Well, she loved her boys. Yeah, yeah, but it's the throne of God. He gets to decide what happens there. Okay? And the Lord was gentle. The Lord was gracious. Uh, but her request denied. But here's a positive example. Numbers 14 to 11 to 19. We're not going to take time to read the passage. But once again, Israel had rebelled against the Lord. And the Lord says, and I'm paraphrasing, Moses, you go stand over there while I destroy them. And then I, I'm going to make out of you a great nation. Now, I have such respect for Moses because at this point in his ministry, he would have, been, he would have said, Lord, I'll be right over there. Just let me know when you're done. Why don't you save you and me some headaches? That wasn't his attitude at all. Here's what he says to the Lord. Lord, please don't do that. If you do that, here's what the Egyptians are going to say. And remember, he was an Egyptian for all practical purposes. He says what they're going to say in Egypt is that you brought them out of Egypt, but you didn't have the strength to get them into the promised land. Please don't do that. Now, Again, God already knew what he was going to do, but God, because of right motives, God answered Moses' prayer. What a testimony he had. All right, so believe without ambition or lust. Now, Lord, this will make me happy if you answer. I'm just going to be honest with you as your child. But, Lord, this will bring you glory. And based on this truth in your word, I believe that you would be glorified. How many of us wouldn't be happy if God saved our relatives? But is that in his will? Lord, you'd be glorified. And so I'm going to keep asking because I know this is your will. How many of you have heard stories about people? I prayed for my brother for 20 years. He calls me one day and he tells me he's been saved. Amen. 20 years I prayed. Amen. God answers. God answers. All right. Secondly, pray. Uh, believing is believing without subjective impressions. This is what makes us a little skittish. Because we know in broader Christendom, charismatic circles or whatever, they're praying for all kinds of things because they got this impression, God wanted me to, to, to pray this. I saw a vision. Uh, I was asking the Lord to lead me and, and my Bible fell open to that verse. Or the phone rang and, and the salesman on the phone used these two words and I just knew that was the will of What? What? Okay. Impressions. Caution. These are subjective feelings and wishes. People say, well, God told me. Though God does direct believers individually, the Holy Spirit was given to you to be your comforter. He speaks to us. You're not going to hear voices. Watch out. But he communicates to us with thoughts that are so clear. It's undeniable. When we ask, Lord, I need you to lead. I need you to show me. Help me to listen. Help me to follow. Okay? But he only does that within the framework of Scripture and a spirit-controlled life. 
When a person says, God asked me, God led me, God directed me, and any of that contradicts the Bible or it's a life that is contradictory to someone that God can lead, they're making their words, their thoughts, whatever, equal with God's. Can't do that. Again, this is a real problem in charismatic circles when experience becomes, well, this is proof that I'm saved and that I'm right with God. I had this experience. No, no. All right, so there's, there's an important caution there. These are the boundaries. But letter C, believe within God's will as it is revealed in his word. We all know Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Anytime that God was leading us to a significant change in our lives, Renee and I took time to pray and to go to God's word looking for answers. Again, not just letting the Bible fall open and no, but prayerfully, Lord, guide. And then we would go to, uh, we would do word searches. We would look at passages where God led his children, just asking God to lead us. And then we'd come back together and, well, what's God doing in your heart? Well, here's what he showed me. Here's, well, this is what he showed me. And by the way, it wasn't always yes. Sometimes what he showed us was not that way. Not now. Okay. Uh, John 5, 14, and 15. In fact, I'm just going to have Mary Lynn put it up for us, and that will save us some time. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, what? He heareth us. Okay. And what's the next verse? And if we know he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we, what's the next word? We have the petitions that we desired of him. When I'm right with the Lord, he gives me the desires of my heart. But don't miss the point. They're his desires that he gives me. All right. What are some ways that God will answer when we ask in his will? Quickly, when we ask for wisdom. That should be James 1, 5 in your notes. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. How often do you ask the Lord for wisdom? Here's what your flesh will say. I've done this a hundred times. I do this every week. Stop. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. I give an example here. This is what, and we've got several preachers here tonight. Missionaries, uh, pastors, men that are praying about going into the ministry. Let me just give you an important spiritual, it's not really a secret, but a help when it comes to preaching. Don't ever go into the pulpit because you just had something you wanted to tell people. They're his people. What does the Lord want to say to his sheep? I don't ever go into the pulpit without first asking the Lord, what do you want me to share? And I, you know, I preach series. I, one of my goals, I would really love to preach through the Bible before God takes me to heaven. That's not going to happen. But even in these series, and, and we've been able to see, I hope you've been able to see that when, when we're preaching on these texts, like the life of Cornelius, it's just been so exciting how what God's doing in our church, he's doing through the text. Okay? 
But there have been times where I've gotten ready to go. This is my series. I'm looking forward to it. And the Lord said, you're not going to preach that this weekend. What? Lord, you know what time it is? No, no, I want you to preach this. Some of you Bible study teachers, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, Lord, now? Yeah. Okay. And God will give wisdom. And he said, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. Letter B, when you ask for peace. I wish we could just park here. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. We, the songs we sang tonight, day by day. Oh, wow. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything. Some of these requests, when you've got a son and, and uh, he's looking at possible hand surgery, Brother Ryan, Mary. Okay. Lord, we need peace. All right, don't be anxious. In everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Pray, plead, praise, and here's what I promise you, peace. Lord, I just want your peace. It doesn't have to make sense. Hence, peace that passes understanding. God will give that. All right. Let her see. When you ask for physical and spiritual protection, are we not commanded to pray, Lord, help me not to be drawn into temptation. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from what? Evil. Sin, other things, the results of sin. Lord, I need physical and spiritual protection. Pray that and then expect that God's going to protect. But let him do the protecting. Let him define that. Here's an example that has moved me every time I read it. This is from the Savage My Kinsman. It's a quote. Um, from someone who was interviewing, um, well, it happened right after Elizabeth Elliot and those other women lost their husbands on a sand beach in Ecuador when the Alca Indians killed them. And one of, one of the family members was so concerned about Elizabeth, who had been praying for her husband's protection. These ladies all had been. They were there trying to reach these people for Christ. So when you see the name Betty, that was the nickname for Elizabeth Elliot. I don't know if you know that. But anyway, uh, someone who had been praying for her said this, I wondered how Betty, Elizabeth, would reconcile Jim's death at the hands of the Alcas and the Lord's apparent failure to protect him from them. When they asked Betty, Elizabeth, about this, her answer came back without hesitation. Here's what it was. I prayed for the protection of Jim, that is physical protection. The answer the Lord gave transcended what I had in mind. He gave protection from disobedience and through Jim's death accomplished results, the magnitude of which only eternity can show. That's the eyes of faith. Let, let me give you another example. The Lord has reminded me of this over and over. When I pray through our prayer sheet, we've got people on hospice, and I say, Lord, deliver them. And a voice in my heart says, I'm getting ready to. Now, I want to see him walk out of a hospital. He wants to see him perhaps walk through a pearly gate. Which is better? 
So I just pray, Lord, deliver him. Okay, I hear, I'm going to answer. And sometimes he raises them up and he continues to use them here. Hallelujah. So let's conclude. D.L. Moody said this, when we are sure that God has actually expressed a certain thing, then the issue is whether we will regard the fulfillment of it to be certain. Would you take your pen and circle that word certain? Will we regard the fulfillment of it to be certain? In such a case, the Lord stated, and then Moody quoted Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be cast into the sea. How many of you ever prayed, Lord, that mountain obstructs my view. Would you, Lord, just right now, splash. Okay. You probably haven't prayed that prayer. I would be hesitant to pray that prayer. The Lord isn't saying, please help me move my mountains. But the Lord is making a point. If with you have uh, faith as a grain of mustard seed, it's not the amount of faith, it's where the faith is placed. Little faith, big God. You can say things and God moves in big ways. He can move mountains. Okay. Moody goes on, the controversy is between the mustard seed and the mountain. So here, here's where the application, the, the challenge is for us. Notice the next one. The trial is whether, for you and for me, the mountain shall bury the mustard seed or the mustard seed shall cast the mountain into the sea. So which is it going to be? All right, Lord, I'm coming to you in faith, believing, because here is what you said. I believe this is according to your word. I believe this will bring you glory. Lord, I just want to be led. How do you want me to pray? Lord, I'm, I'm sensing you want me to pray according to your word as I'm trying to be yielded to your spirit this way. Lord, I believe. Help mine unbelief. But I'm trusting you. And if you approach it that way with certainty in your praying, the mountain won't bury the mustard seed. Let's stand together. Father, these are supernatural truths that can only be taught by your spirit. But Father, it's this kind of faith in you, this trusting and believing, that makes us happy in Jesus, but makes us rejoice and give praise for the mighty acts of our God. Lord, would you help us as we move forward as a church in our own personal lives, corporately together, help us to trust you and to pray. And Lord, we'll rejoice in what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. 
May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.